Welcome to a special conversation about the future of agriculture being defined right here in Indiana. Hi, I'm Mitch Frazier, President and CEO of Agrinovis Indiana, the nonprofit initiative focused on growing Indiana's ag bioscience economy, and delighted to be joined today by the CEO of the Indiana Corn Marketing Council and Indiana Soybean Alliance, Courtney Kingery. Courtney, good to see you. Thanks for having us. This is another exciting year. We're happy to do this all over again. We had so much success the first time. Looking forward to doing it again. So true. Had a great year for Producer-Led Innovation Challenge year one and back at it again year two. Again, driven entirely by producers right here in Indiana. We're joined by one of the greats, Larry Wilkinson from Noble County. Larry is a director with the Indiana Soybean Alliance. And Larry, we are really delighted you're spending some time with us today. Thanks, Mitch. Thanks for inviting me. This Producer-Led Innovation Challenge really became a brainchild of Courtney and I last year. And the whole idea was Indiana has so many progressive producers, producers like Larry, who are really pushing the boundaries of what's possible using technology, using innovation, and using generations of intuition to really make the best of sustainability as well as productivity. And as Courtney and I spent time together, we said, gosh, we have this talent and we also have this tremendous tech talent in Indiana. Tech talent within the software as a service ecosystem, within academia, within startups, we need to bring them together. And the producer-led innovation challenge brought to you by Agronovus was really designed to do that. And this year we are back with a really important discussion. One that we've heard much about around carbon sequestration and carbon markets. And Courtney, you and I have spent a lot of time talking through what this could be. We've, we've consulted with a number of folks. You conducted a survey of many of your producers and I think we found some really interesting topics on not many producing, but a whole lot interested in, in what's to come. Yeah, absolutely, Mitch. This is such an important topic for the 20,000 corn and soybean farmers in Indiana. In a recent survey conducted by the Indiana Soybean Alliance and Indiana Corn Marketing Council, less than 5% of the folks surveyed are currently participating, but over 60% had an interest in participating in carbon markets in the future. So there's a tremendous, um, desire to participate in these carbon markets, but we also heard from producers that there's some hurdles in it. Um, and so looking at this producer-led innovation challenge to take the feedback from those corn and soybean farmers who have identified those hurdles and asking for some of the best and the brightest of how do we overcome those hurdles to really open up this opportunity in these markets to more producers around the state. Yeah, it's a great point, Courtney. And Larry, we had a conversation just yesterday about what could be possible when you think about carbon markets. I know you've taken a look at carbon markets. You've you've maybe gone through some of the process. You shared with us some really interesting experiences yesterday about just how labor intensive getting data ready for carbon markets was for you and your team. Yeah, that uh, seemed to be a stumbling block for many who investigate into uh, carbon marketing. And it's just the uh, compiling of all the data over the last three to five years. So that was the difficult part in uh, uh, people wanting to do this. You know, back uh, when we started cover cropping, the ba basic premise was to just uh, reduce erosion and uh, have something growing. You know, the soil is created to always grow something. And if it isn't cover crop, it's going to be weeds. So there's things like uh, transpiration of moisture, uh, taking up nutrients, but now it's developed into fixing carbon and supporting soil fauna. Soil fauna is where soil 
animals grow, that like earthworms, uh, invertebrates, uh, insect larvae. And if there's nothing growing on the soil, it dries out and dies. And all these things that are, all these little critters that are tunneling into the soil and chumping up the soil and organic matter, they're going to die. So we need something growing during these fallow time of the year because our row crops are only growing about five months out of the year. So that's why it's important to, uh, to work on this uh, ecosystem to have something growing all year long. Larry, I think what I what I love about our conversation, I think you shared such a powerful perspective yesterday. I want to dig more into the data. I want to come back to that. But this idea of carbon markets, we've seen headlines about it. The innovators that are likely to participate in this challenge have certainly read stories about it. But this is more than than just generating net income for the farm. That's a really important piece. Profitability has to be a piece. It has to be a benefit to the farmer. But you shared a perspective yesterday. This is more than money. This is this is something bigger than that. Can you can you maybe speak to that? Yeah, it's just so important if we want soil health to uh, work at this. And it doesn't matter whether we get paid uh, from somebody to do it. We just really, as good stewards of the soil that God has given us, we need to uh, keep working on that and uh, keep our soil in good health. So we set forward this producer-led innovation challenge for 2021. Courtney, you and I got together and we said, look, we've got to make sure the solution, the challenge that we put before teams really focuses on digital. And as we walk through this, certainly evolutions will happen over the process. Teams can apply to be a part of this between now and July 9th. And you can do that at agronovasindiana.com slash challenge. That's agronovasindiana.com slash challenge before July 9th if you're a team and want to sign up. But Courtney, I think that the piece here is there are a lot of people within the economy trying to solve carbon markets. Larry and his colleagues have, have used many of those technologies. But we found through our discovery processes, there's still a gap. There's still a gap that almost exists prior to a lot of those technologies that are in market today. If you could maybe walk through some of the, the exploration or discovery that we conducted here recently. In talking to farmers across the state, and again in that survey, that one of the big gaps we discovered is around data and the integration of data to get this information. As Larry mentioned, to build up and to be able to participate in this, it could require the farmers to gather three to five years worth of uh, field level data. And some of them have it, some of them have it in different places. Some of them don't have it. So it's about meeting those producers where they are, meeting them uh, for all the producers, no matter how much data they have or where the data resides, and finding a solution and a way to be able to put that data together, to integrate that data in a format to get them to some sort of carbon score that then can be traded with those exchanges. We're not looking to try to create the exchange we're looking at how to make the threshold, the hurdle for the farmers across Indiana to be able to participate in the exchange, no matter what place the farmers are on the continuum of data. So we're really looking at this at the really the front end before even the farmers participate in the markets or trade carbon, but how do we lower those barriers of entry to really make the carbon market more accessible to all the farmers and to really make it something that all the farmers can participate in? I think it's great perspective. When, when we were talking yesterday, I think one of our colleagues shared, 
it's almost like we need to build a, a, a file room, right? Where, where data from this place goes in this file cabinet, data from this room goes in this file cabinet, and then we can begin to, to piece those pieces together. Larry, for folks who may not be these in innovators, students, academics, startup companies who may be working in this space, can you give a flavor of what kinds of data exist? Like what, what kinds of data did you have to pull together over three to five years to really begin to validate for these carbon markets what was happening on your farm? Well, we've been uh, no-tilling for 46, 48 years, something like that, and cover cropping for about half that. But the, the data that they were requiring for me to really qualify was for uh, whether I'm variable rate fertilizer applications or split application nitrogen, and of course yield data, and uh, things that I'm already doing, but I, being older, I'm one of those generational people that maybe doesn't record all that stuff uh, on uh, data uh, networking. So uh, that was the hard part. Well, I think this is, it's such a, a powerful statement, Larry, because it, you know, as we looked at this, you know, we, we sort of came up collectively with a number of different categories of data. We have yield data, we have planting data, we have climate data, weather data, we have soil data, we have geospatial location data, and, and much of that is possible as effluent from production systems, from tractors, from other things. But not everybody has that technology that puts those in nice clean packages, right? Right, yeah, that's correct. So many farmers up in my circle up here that they're fortunate to even have a combine monitor on their combine, let alone uh, uh, having uh, been able to transfer that data to a computer. So I think for our teams, those of you that want to get involved, I encourage you to do it. This is a really important piece. Understanding Larry's perspective, I think, is, is really, really helpful. Not everyone is going to have the same data standards. And Courtney, as you and I talked, there's probably a couple different solutions here. There's, there's sort of a maybe the good, better, best strategy, if you will. And so, so what, what we just talked through with Larry is, is really in that middle place, right? How do we get the data in a place, maybe the effluent from, from farms, but there's also probably a lighter weight version that maybe has a little, little piece of data here and there. Maybe talk to that a bit and from the discovery we did. Yeah, so, you know, as Larry mentioned, there are farmers on the entire spectrum of data, data housing, data analysis, warehousing, databases, all of those things. So having a full spectrum of solutions is gonna be important to uh, really lower those barriers. And on one side of it, you know, there's the producers that possibly instead of going all the way down to the field level, it's more at an operational level or a business level, right? So a lot of the, the teams may not realize that the farm as an operation is its own standalone business. And if you think of the different fields, those are actually different almost mini factories that roll up into this one large business. So it could be that instead of saying what's the carbon specifically at this specific field or you know in our in our example of factory, it's for the overall organization, for the overall business, what does that look like? And how is can there be a lighter version that is maybe organizationally overall? What is their fertilizer purchases overall for the organization for the operation? What's their yield, the sales of their corn or soybeans? You know, what's the general geography within the state rather than, you know, the specific latitude and longitude, but what county do they primarily farm in? So 
something as a more broad brushstroke to get those producers who maybe don't have or quite frankly don't want to share field level data because there's also you know some folks who maybe have some privacy concerns but that they can bring it together at an organizational level and still be able to participate in the marketplace in some way. Great perspective, Courtney. Talking with Courtney King, Ray, CEO of Indiana Corn Marketing Council, Indiana Soybean Alliance, and Larry Wilkinson, a Noble County soybean farmer, a director with the Indiana Soybean Alliance. Again, if you are a team, you are an innovator, you are a startup company, we need your help to be a part of the Agronovus Indiana producer-led innovation challenge. You can learn more. You can sign up to be a team at agronovusindiana.com slash challenge. That's agronovusindiana.com slash challenge. You have between now and July 9th to pull your team together and be a part of this challenge. Larry, I'm going to give you the last word because this is the producer-led innovation challenge. It's only right that uh, you would give sort of that inspiration. If somebody's on the fence and they say, you know, I'm an innovator, I feel like I need to help. I grew up in rural Indiana, I grew up in rural America. What advice do you give to these folks who are thinking about being a part of the producer-led innovation challenge? You know, we do appreciate the uh, technology that is being developed uh, just at warp speed. And we do appreciate GPS and monitoring and all these uh, really makes farming efficient. And we do look forward to more help in that way. You know, the mission of the Indian Soybean Alliance is to create strong, viable markets for soybeans and to grow demand. And we do this by investing in research projects, educational projects, and promotional efforts to benefit soybean farmers. So this has really been a good opportunity for us to go into this uh, approach. I look forward to uh, seeing what these teams will come up with. Me too, Larry. Me too. Courtney Kingery, again, CEO, Indiana Corn Marketing Council, Indiana Soybean Alliance, Larry Wilkinson, a wonderful Noble County soybean producer, a director with the Indiana Soybean Alliance. Thank you both so much for spending time with us today. And thank you for the partnership. Without you, the producer-led innovation challenge simply wouldn't be possible. So thank you both. Thanks, Mitch. Thank you. And- Sign up to the teams. We want to see those solutions. Now is the time. Please. Agronovusindiana.com slash challenge. Agronovusindiana.com slash challenge. Between now and July 9th is your time to pull together a team. You can be an individual. You can be a company. You can be you and two of your buddies, three of your buddies, whatever it is. Indiana producers need you. This industry needs you and and we need you to be a part. Indiana has an opportunity to lead here and it's up to us to come together to make this happen. Now to do that, we're gonna give you some resources. So at agronovusindiana.com slash challenge, you'll find resources over the next weeks on these data sets that Larry mentioned. We'll also make available to you once the challenge begins, a weekly call with mentors from the industry. And those mentors, one of which is Courtney Kingery. Courtney, we're elated to see you again. But also we have folks from from large companies, companies that many of you have heard from, big companies in ag, but also some startup companies and those that have different perspectives from farmers to co-ops to large organizations. This will be your opportunity. You don't need to know anything about agriculture early on. Great if you do, but don't feel like you're at a disadvantage. We've built the teams, we've built the, the infrastructure to give you the context to help drive innovation right here 
in Indiana. Mitch, we've got one more thing to add. Don't forget the prize money. Indiana Soybean Alliance and Indiana Core Marketing Council. Based on what Larry was saying about the focus on research and innovation by both the Indiana Core Marketing Council and Indiana Soybean Alliance. Based on the focus of innovation and research, both by the Indiana Soybean Alliance and Indiana Core Marketing Council, we're sponsoring this. And the farmers have invested $25,000 to go to the winning team. So that's an investment directly from the farmers farmers to the winners of this organization because they care about this technology and this solution enough. So the producers of Indiana are making a $25,000 investment into the winning challenge and into the winning team. I was so caught up in how exciting this opportunity is, Courtney, to solve. I didn't give the big, I buried the lead, $25,000, that's right. $25,000 from farmers to innovators to bring this solution forward to producers. So it's a producer-led innovation challenge. It's a producer-funded innovation challenge. Well said, Courtney. And again, that's a grant, not equity. This is $25,000 to you. Again, Larry, to you and your colleagues, thanks for making that investment. And now, Let's go get the teams to sign up. agronomisindiana.com slash challenge. We look forward to seeing you on a producer-led innovation challenge call soon. This podcast is a product of Inside Indiana Business, hosted by Gary Dick and produced by Kayla Chittister and Joe Ullery. More people get Indiana business news from Inside Indiana Business than any other source.